Welcome to the Roll for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Last we left off, you guys just arrived in Plaguestone. You got the lay of the land. You sort of checked out the local tavern. You had a festive meal. You heard some stories from Bort. You got into a bit of a altercation and bar brawl. And then Bort was continuing to give you some more tall tales when he suddenly dropped dead. And that is where we pick up this week's story. What do you do as Bort just turned the color purple, asphyxiated, and dropped dead? And everyone in the bar is starting to look over. Uh, look around and see if anybody else is dropping dead and be a little bit scared for my own health. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. I ate every bit of that porridge. Every delicious turnipy bit. Rob Tramarco is playing Kate Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. Does anybody have medicine that can maybe help Bort out, or is it too I late? I do have medicine. I do have that. Yes, last time you actually attempted a medicine check and succeeded and saw that his windpipe was swollen shut, and it appears that he was poisoned because he wasn't choking on anything. It was too late. He he just died. He just didn't have enough wind to get into his pipe. Listen, this man was poisoned. And the fact that I've got enough breath to tell you means it was targeted. Somebody wanted him dead. Well, well, well who would do such a thing? Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvazalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Uh, Celeste is just looking around nervously, just not used to being in such a dramatic and high-stress situation. Uh, so she's looking for social cues from uh, the others at the table and the proprietor of the bar, just trying to figure out like what she's supposed to do in this situation. Well, the sheriff's still here, right? Yeah, in fact, as you're looking around, because only a couple of seconds have passed, like maybe 10 seconds, everyone's sort of noticing, and, you know, they thought perhaps maybe he actually just like passed out drunk and no one was really paying attention but with prue standing over him and Cade looking at his porridge and celeste sort of getting a little antsy they're starting to pay attention and notice and see that he's like the shade of purple and it starts getting very quiet and you start seeing people looking down at their porridge what do you do? Who what, who served what, the porridge? Who, who brought the porridge to him and us? And who's not in this inn? From the look of the map, that goblin's not here anymore. Delma, Delma, come quick. This this man has died. So Delma looks over and rushes over. And then, of course, the sheriff as well rushes over. When I can... I'm going to run to the kitchen. Roth runs over as well and sees Bort 
is not looking so good. He bends down, as does Delma, to sort of look for a pulse and finds none. Delma puts her hand to her mouth and gasps. The sheriff stands up in a very large voice and says, Nobody leaves. Everybody stay where you are. Something has happened. I need to investigate. I'll pull up a stool and just sit down. He sees you, Cade, walking over to the kitchen and says, You good sir, can you please bring out Amora, the cook? Everyone, please come to the center of the room if you aren't here already. And Amora hears this and sort of comes out and it's like, What's all this fuss going on? Oh, oh that is what you doing? Tell me about the kitchen. Is anyone in there? Uh, well, no. Amora, the cook, was in there, and she just walked over into the central room because the sheriff asked for everyone to come into the central room. I'm just kind of waiting to take my cues from the sheriff. So there's no one in the kitchen. She comes out, and she's the only person. She was the only one in the kitchen. Did, did anyone see anything? Did anyone um, see who, who gave him his porridge? It was one, if not both, of the human servers. So it was either Conrath or Trin. Could have been both of them, that you think. So meanwhile, the sheriff takes a tablecloth and puts it over Bort and says, Everyone with Bort's caravan, everyone come here. I wish to question you first. We got nothing to hide. Ulf and Ulf uh, come right over. They're the only other ones from the caravan currently in the inn. And, well, you four. As long as I don't have to get too close to the body. Huh? No, no, no. Don't worry. In fact, can someone please pick up Bort and put him downstairs into the cold storage so we can keep him? I'll take him down there. I'm real strong. With the other food? Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. Don't worry, we'll figure something out so that he doesn't contaminate the other food. But still, we don't want him to just sit here. We need somewhere to put him, and that is the only cold place in town. So I'll hoist Bort's body on my shoulder and just carry him down there like a sack of potatoes. Okay. Some of the uh, farmers and some of the other members go down with you. And again, it's pretty simple. It's just a standard area where they would keep food and sort of cold stuffs so there's a area in the corner that you can put him with the blanket over just put him there and then come back up i do so okay meanwhile everyone else stay here i want to talk to the caravan members separately in the barn if you don't mind so if you please follow me now the barn is next door so you follow him to the barn and as of right now, the only members of the caravan, besides Bort, who's dead, is Ulf and Ulf, the twins, who are gambling with the farmer. And these guys appear to be fairly drunk and were way on the east side. And you four, who were eating with Bort. By the way, the good news is that, Cade, you feel fine so far. Okay, well, his porridge hit him pretty fast, so if it hasn't hit me by now, maybe it... I wasn't the target, of course. Are we Are we sure it's the porridge? Could it have been something from the wolf attack that we didn't catch? They didn't see a fancy wolf. We was the only one saw that wolf spitting up acid. 
They just saw regular wolves and fleas. He choked to death. That wasn't the wolf. Something he ate, or he got maybe stabbed or pricked. Po- it's poison. We know it's poison, right? Oh, do you, do you think someone pricked him or something? Like a like a needle? Mm, that's the only other way to get poisoned. But I'm pretty ah. sure he ate it. Well, well, maybe maybe someone should examine the body rather than just putting it down in the cold. Someone I did examine did. the body. He ate it. That's why his windpipe was all messed up and nothing else on him. You can do an examination later, I'm sure. But from the preliminary examination, the preliminary medicine check that Prue did, it did seem that he was poisoned and that his windpipe did swollen shut and that he did not choke to death on food. Now, that's a preliminary check, but that is what the leading thought is as of right now. Well... Sheriff, who do you think would do such a thing? I'm not sure, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask each and every one of you just to wait here, and I just want to talk to each of you separately just to get your story, if you don't mind. First, I'll start with Ulf, and he points to one of them. He goes, and he says, I'm Ulf. He goes, well, whatever, you, you come with me. They go over to not exactly the most secluded area, just sort of another part of the barn where it's a... Well, more suitable for a horse than people, but secluded enough that he can do a private interrogation. I mean, a private questioning. So while he's being questioned, Ulf is looking around and he's like, I, what happened? What did you guys see? I mean, we were just gambling over there. Like, uh, did, what happened? I mean, he was telling the story. I mean, I've heard his stories a thousand times, but I mean, what was he... And he just seems, like, just really shocked by this whole thing. Unless he literally choked on his words, which wouldn't surprise me as bad a story as that was, he was probably poisoned. You don't, you don't think that that fire giant that he slew, that you don't think he got revenge somehow? I grew up with giants. That ain't their type. Would he have had any enemies here in Plaguestone? Ulf, like, scratches his head. He's like, well, I don't really know, I mean... He does a lot of business with a lot of people around town, and, you know, he also does a lot of business as we're going from place to place. I guess it's possible, but, you know, he's always such a fair man. I mean, everyone loves him. You see what he's like. He's He never cuts corners. He's totally fair. He, he pays a good wage. I mean, what, what on earth would cause anyone to do this to him? This guy does not deserve this type of death. Oh, I, I bet it was the Pugwumpy. He said that there was a whole Pugwumpy colony that he got rid of, and I, I bet one of them survived and did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, that's it. So after just a few minutes, Ulf comes back, and now Ulf goes over and gets questioned. Here's what I think it was. If this man was well-loved by everybody, he wasn't killed by someone who wanted to hurt him. He was killed by somebody who wants to hurt everybody else. Ulf comes back, and... He also just looks really stammered and kind of stunned. And he's like, I just don't know what happened. I mean, I didn't really have anything to tell the sheriff. I mean, we were just gambling. I was nowhere near there. But man, everyone loves Bort. He was the best boss I ever had. What? what? Who would do this? Is there something I can roll to, you know, sense motive? What a good question. Perception? Yeah, perception takes the place of sense motive now. Yes, so sense motive is now a perception check. Go right, right ahead. I like that. It's a secret roll. You do not roll it. I roll it. 
plus seven. Thank you. So what were you trying to determine exactly? Well, talking to Ulf, you know, whoever just started piping up about his death, and then, you know, looking around the room, see who's nervous. It's just us and the twins. We're in a barn right now. Right. Oh. I mean, for now, it's the twins. Celeste is nervous. Very nervous. Well, I know she didn't do it. What was your perception? Uh, Plus seven perception. And what were you trying to decide? What were you trying um, to perceive? Who's holding back of the tw- of the twins, if anyone? You believe that they're behaving normally, and you feel that he's honestly really stunned about what happened here. I kind of want to go back into the bar. I'll say out loud. Well, we'll be back in just as soon as the sheriff's done. No reason to raise suspicions right now. Yeah, well, he asks... Who wants to go next? This will only take a moment. Prue steps forward immediately. All right, so Prue goes over and Rolf looks at you and just says, Can you just tell me what your relationship with Bort is? He was our employer, giving us a ride into town. That's the end of it. You worked for him? Well, we were on the caravan. He let us have a ride uh, in exchange for protecting the caravan from whatever might endanger it. Oh, I see, I see. But you uh, you never met him before this, did you? Nah, not until the day my butt hit his cart. Hmm, okay. And you guys just arrived here just a few hours ago, I believe, correct? That's right. Hmm. Have you ever been here before? Unfortunately not. I preferred my home up north, but, well, ain't much left of home left anymore. Okay. If you want to send someone else in. Sure. All right, one of you go. I'll go. So again, he sees you, and he says to you, so how are you feeling? It looks like you ate all the porridge as well. I feel all right. Everything. You have an idea what happened? He died of poison. That's what it looks like. That's what Prue said when she looked at the body. He choked. He was choking. Mm. Have you have you ever met him before today, or before you started on this caravan? Nope. Just um, was paying my way through protecting the caravan. We fought some wolves, kept everything in order, and that was the last thing we did. Really. Now we're here. And all you were doing is just listening to some stories, I presume, since that's what Bort does best. Yep, telling stories, being a general nice guy. Hmm, that is mighty fine. Mighty strange, I tell you. All right, if you want to send someone else in. All right. Well, if it gets me back to the bar quicker, I'll go next. You saunter on up. And he looks at you and he's... A little short for sauntering, but okay. Mm, You got quite a shiner there. Seems like you uh, got decked a little in that bar fight. Well, I was trying to help break it up, but the uh, gentleman didn't take kindly to that. Uh, who was that you were trying to uh, wrestle One down? of the farmers. Uh, I didn't catch his name while he was punching me. Oh, I think I know who it is. Farmer Elam. Yeah, he's the town drunk. That makes sense. Well, I, I, hold, no, I hold no ill will. You know, bar fights happen. Let me ask you something. You look like a man of... Knowledge, a man of law and order. Tell me a little bit about yourself. It looks like you might be a sheriff yourself. Law and order is not necessarily how I would describe myself, but I do believe I serve, attempt to do good in the world. I am a champion of Caden Killeen, and I am out to right injustices and protect people who cannot protect themselves, and I am out searching for adventure. Interesting. Let me ask you. And he kind of like whispers or leans over a little bit. You know, I think I might be a little bit over my head here. 
you look like an okay fellow. You think you'll be able to help us out, maybe figure out what happened here. And now I'm going to talk to some of the other guys, but you think you have my back because I, this is really something that doesn't happen here. No one's ever murdered in this town and everyone loves Bort. And this is just a horrible injustice. You think, you think this is something you'd be interested in helping us with? Well, Bort seemed like a good man. We didn't, I can't say we knew him long enough to call him friend yet, but he seemed like a good man and he, he shared drink and food with us. If there's anything we can do to help figure out what happened to him, I think we'd probably be willing to do that. I can't speak for the others, but I, I certainly would. Excellent. Excellent. Well, with that, can you send in the last person? I don't think this is going to take very long. If you just tell them all to hold over, I'm going to talk to everyone at once. Very well. And I go get Prue. Uh, you mean Celeste? Sorry, Celeste. I got him backwards. My bad. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm the one without the horrible burn marks. Thank you. He looks over to you and says, You look mighty shaken up by this whole experience. Absolutely. It was... Yet you also seem to be a, a little, uh, seem to be a little, uh, a little reserved, almost like you're hiding something. Are you okay there, miss? Absolutely not. I, I just saw a man die in front of me. That doesn't happen every day. That is true. That is true. What, what's your relationship with Bort? What, where are you going exactly, may I ask? Oh, well, he was just a vendor. Uh, I had paid him a fair amount of coin to take me all the way to Almas. And I was just hoping for a nice, pleasant trip, not one where, where the person I had paid had died. This is this is quite horrible and inconvenient. I see, I see. And you've never met him before, and you've obviously never been here before. It looks like you've never worked a day of your life, if you know what I mean. Oh, well, now that's not true. I, I had to do plenty of work. I had to go to academy, and I learned music and uh, history and all sorts of things. Although I didn't pay much attention to history, I must admit. Mm, did you take any potion making in any of those classes? Potion making? Oh, no. I was supposed to do a, a bit where we made some sweet tarts, but mine turned out terribly burned, terribly burned, yes. This this whole thing is just just, just horrible. Poor Bert, or whatever his name was. He was, I mean, he was, he was a wonderfully nice man, also a, a rather flatulent man, but he was so wonderful, and, and for him to die like that after he had done so many things, I, I truly think it must be, it must be that goblin wife, he said, that he tried to take him after he slew the, to the chieftain and, and all those terrible goblins doing the raids. Oh, I'm sure that was it. Uh, yes, uh, that must be it. Okay, I think, uh, I've had enough. Let's, Let's go talk to everyone else, shall we? Oh, okay. If there's anything I can do to help. He comes over, and everyone's obviously gathered. And he comes talking to you, and he says, Well, Ulf and Ulf have solid alibis. They were drinking and gambling with Elam before and after the fight. And all of you appear to be mighty fine people who just recently met Bort. But then again, you know, that's often where assassins will come from. Someone will hire someone who seems like they're innocent and just pay their way. And next thing you know, they slip the guy a Mickey and he's dead. But you know what? This is something out of my jurisdiction. I'm going to probably talk to some of the other townsfolk, but they've known Bork for years and no one ever has any ill will for him. This is, again, something completely out of my jurisdiction. So what we're going to do here is that... 
We are going to wait for the circuit judge. He comes and visits the town on occasion to deal with serious legal matters and crimes. Unfortunately, the judge, Lord Mudbaggage Cranberry, is not due back for at least another month. So you will all be stuck here until we find out what happened to Bort. We don't have any jails. A month? Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. That's just the law. And once again, the judge will have to decide. Is the law inclined to give us somewhere to sleep and some food to eat since we're not making money while we're stuck here? It'll just be turnips anyway. Don't worry. There's more than enough work to go around here. There's plenty of turnip fields and plenty of work to be had. I'm sure you can figure out a way to pay your way. I am going to offer one small caveat. This is kind of out of my jurisdiction and... As I said, I normally have to deal with small bar brawls and scuffles, no one ever dying before. But if you'd be interested in helping me out and maybe finding out what happened, I would be much obliged. And it would definitely make it easier for you to leave on time if we have some solid evidence as to who and what killed Bort. I'm a fan of revenge, so I'm interested in finding out who would do that to that guy. He seemed nice. He only treated me with respect, so anyone who'd go against that is going against me. I can't say I approve of such heavy-handed tactics forcing us to stay here in town, but if that's how it's gotta be, then Bort seemed like a good guy and would be happy to do what we can to help out. Again, it's not that I'm forcing you, it's that well, our town is so small you won't even find it on the map. We're lucky that we even get a judge to come once a month. Some towns only get a judge to come once a season. You just happened to just miss him a few days ago, so you're going to have to wait about a month before he comes back. So I'm going to have to ask that your wagon and your horses are impounded and kept here until you uh, find out what happened to him while we wait for the judge. I, of course, will continue my investigation as well, but again, it's going to be pretty difficult since I don't really know any motive. And Everyone here liked him. It's not like... He actually made any enemies or really had a bad bone in his body. This is not something that's going to be very easy to figure out and solve. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe he got someone else's bowl. Since this town doesn't have a jail, where can we find you if we have information? Oh, the town isn't that large. And he just gives you his information of where he can be found. It's just a couple doors down. I read a Pathfinder Chronicle once about some investigator from Galt. Quinn, I think his name was. It didn't seem like that hard. I bet I could lend a hand. He's like, well, as I said, I'll go talk. I'll go talk to Delma, and I'll see if we can work out something about your accommodations as well. This is the only place you can stay in town. But I have a feeling that her business is going to take a mighty fine hit by this. We're going to have to figure out what happened to him if we want this town to even survive. I'm not really too familiar with the laws and customs of this land, but I'm assuming that if we're to help you solve this investigation... We're going to need some kind of authority to do so. You deputize people around here? Nope. Unfortunately, I do not have enough power as this town isn't big enough. Again, this is something you're going to have to do on your own, sort of off the cuff, if you will. But I'm sure everyone here would be happy to answer any questions. We don't really have anything like this in this town, and we don't really have many secrets either. I think you'll eventually be able to find out what happened, but I don't really know. It's... Sort of, uh, sort of something I never expected that would happen to me. 
He was sitting with us. Maybe that bowl was meant for one of us, then. Mm. At that, Celeste just turns sheet white. You look like you've seen a ghost, Celeste. Something on your mind? I... Do you get it, ghost? Do you get it? Oh, uh, yeah, because of the, all the ghosty... Yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, no, Celeste just sort of shakes her head and bites her upper lip. No, I, I, I don't know anyone who would want to do me in, I'm sure. Anyone else have any enemies? Not any here that I can see. Not that I'm aware of. All my enemies are dead. My deception, by the way, was only a 13. So with that, he uh, dismisses you all, and he goes back into the feed mill to talk to the townsfolk. Looks like the feed mill's being closed and everyone's being sent home. And in the meantime, you go back with the rest of the caravan members, since they're the only ones that really know, and they seem to have a small party, a eulogy, if you will, where they're talking about Bort. And by the way, it's nighttime by now. They bring you, they ask you to come over and sit with them while they talk about Bort and talk about all the great things he's done over the years. I'll join them, but mostly just to be a bodyguard and let them have their eulogy unmolested. Uh, Celeste will retell one of her favorite of Bort's stories that she heard oh so recently ago in the bar. Before he... before he choked to death. They all have their own stories and tales of remembrance. And they're telling their funny stories. And you can hear that Bort was quite a character. They tell it through teary eyes. And they're even passing out rare bottles of elven wine for all to share. This uh, continues throughout the night, and although everyone is talking, the only one that is staying very quiet is the caravan leader. She's sort of the overseer, Tamil. She's the half-orc, and she's been pretty quiet. She's the one that always was by his side and was always quiet and just sort of did her job and sort of commanded people just with a look of an eye and so forth and she's she's of all the people she's been the one that's sort of been most tight-lipped throughout this evening but then as the sun rises up after you've all had too much to drink and too much to eat and no such thing <laughs> has so many tales to tell she looks up and in a very serious voice says to you all bort was more than a merchant more than just the boss he was my friend. We won't leave here until we found out who did this. Ralph's a fool, but I'd be even a greater fool if I thought I can get to the bottom of this. Fixing wagons and moving goods, that's my job. But you, she says, pointing at all of you, you might be able to figure out who killed Bort and get justice for him. She holds back tears as she says, for all of us, will you help us uncover who did this? Cade puts on a real serious face and walks right up to her and puts his hand on her hand, her fist. I'm sure she's balled it up. He's like, I promise you, we'll find whoever did this. They're going to pay. You could see her just sort of nod her head and tears are rolling down her eyes as you say that to her. Prue's not much for words. Bort was a good man, and we will be happy to do what we can. I am sure that that we will be able to figure out what happened. I've read quite a many books, and am quite 
Well, I, I'm quite confident in my own abilities. I, I think that we can uncover what happened here. And my companions, they're, well, they're quite skilled as well. And so between the four of us, I, I think we should be able to, well, to find justice for, for poor Bert. She looks at you and kind of scours and says, Your heart means well, but you should know his real name. It's not Bert. It's Bort. Get it right, girl. Oh, I, I thought that's what I said. Bort, of course. I'll also uh, sense motive on her. I mean, tears and all certainly hurts, but you never know. Yeah, this is... She is devastated, and it looks like if she could have actually done this and hunt down and figure out what happened, she would. And it took a lot out of her to even ask you of this. Mm, okay. And it looks like it's something she's been waiting all night to almost approach and say, and she couldn't figure out the time. It took alcohol o'clock for her to figure out the time. So with that, she nods, and everyone else looks like they're about to pass out since you've been up all night drinking. She looks at you and says, Well, we should probably all get some rest. We're going to be here for a while anyhow. I'll do what I can to fix up the wagons and keep the horses in good shape in the meantime. Hopefully you can start your investigation, and if there's anything you need from me, let me know. I think maybe there is something we need from her. We done learn that we can't really trust the food at the inn. If we have the provisions, it might be best if everyone from this caravan eats out of our own stock. Or we hunt. Yeah, she nods in agreement and says, Cookie, how much we got? Cookie looks over and says, We ain't got that much, but we could probably hunt during the day. I'm not going to have much else to do, so I'll find some more small game and I can keep us uh, in meals until uh, the judge comes or we leave. Chances are, whoever we're hunting, they're going to find out that we're hunting them. And they ain't going to take too kindly to that. They all nod in agreement. I think that's a good idea. Even Cookie, who is not the most agreeable person, agrees and says, that's fine. I can provide meals for all of us. Anything else? Um, I mean, I want to get in that kitchen before someone has a chance to clean it up. But maybe it's too late for that. Yeah, it's probably been like at least over four or five hours already. Mm, it's up to you. I mean, it was something I wanted to do, like, around the questioning so if i could just get in the kitchen and look for you know oh bread 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 purple vial with skulls on it bread bread sure. you know this is where we're at you're gonna all be fatigued if you if you want to keep this up because you haven't rested you can go back and rest you can go back and look at the kitchen for like a little bit now it's up to you whatever you want to do this is i, I would is... i would do a cursory check of the kitchen okay nothing in depth or taking too long yeah, I think it's worth investigating the kitchen area. Certainly, I'm double. I'm double fatigued because I got my butt whooped in that bar fight. Of course, <laughs> Prue's just gonna go to bed because they could have already uncovered or already covered up any evidence that they wanted to, and we need to be at our top. Okay, so you walk back to the feed mill looking for clues. You're all very tired. Prue goes to sleep. Cade goes right into the kitchen, and Delma is still there. The good news is the place looks like it's exactly how it was left. It looks like nothing has really been disturbed. Delma sees you and says to you, Oh, it's it's been horrible what happened. Bort was such a friend, and oh, poor Amora, she felt so horrible that she left. And I don't think she's going to come back. I don't know what Amora? we're going to do. Mora, the cook. The cook left? Did she cook that stew? 
Stew, she cooks everything. Everyone had the same porridge. It comes from a very large bowl. It's not like everyone had a separate portion. Everyone but everyone was... had a separate bowl. Yes, yes, everyone has a separate bowl, of course. I mean, I'll look around for, for her belongings. Mara, you know, Mora's like, you know, she works there. Maybe she put something down, you know, and when she arrived at work and then left in a hurry. Well, you look around the kitchen, it has... Standard cooking utensils needed to operate a kitchen, kettles, skillets, knives, mortar, pestle, roasting spits, and a butter churn. Mortar and pestle. Yep, you can look at the mortar and pestle. Now, I don't want to touch it, but does it smell like anything or look like there's remnants of something in it? That would be perception check. Plus seven. You smell and look at the mortar and pestle. But you do not smell anything out of the ordinary. But with that, Delma does bring over to you the bowl and says, We kept Bort's bowl intact. Here's his bowl if you like to investigate it. I mean, how did he... Is it like one spoonful and done? No, no, he ate the whole thing. Oh, it's like there's just crumbs in it now or whatever. There's actually remnants that are starting to dry out. So there are just crumbs in there, but there's the bowl, there's your bowl. In fact, she did her best to kind of organize the bowls. Can I take his bowl and is there a, like a, like a wax sealed or a waxy satchel? Like there's some, gotta be some sort of measure of waterproofing for certain things. And I don't mean like, you know, high-end chemicals, just like a, a wax paper equivalent so that I can kind of keep it from completely drying out well at least make it so it takes longer it's already what the remnants are starting to dry out the best you can probably do is give you like a wet cheesecloth that you can put on top yeah like a wet cheesecloth and wrap that whole thing in you know uh, some sort of burlap yep you can do that just make a note of that just to have it and maybe i don't know somebody can identify something i don't know and then I just can look medicine ra- it later, but it'll have to be tomorrow. Yeah, medicine it later. And just look around the kitchen for any any obvious signs of something out of the ordinary. It's hard to say what, quote, is out of the ordinary, but from what you can tell, it looks it looks like a kitchen. I mean, it's not like there's a big jar labeled poison. Right, right. But like, you know, signs of struggle or, you know, uh, like the chef left left her things you know, the equivalent of a purse in no, the kitchen. No, it looked like everything, whatever she had, she brought with her. Delma can tell you that that she doesn't bring anything, really, except herself. In fact, she always wears that apron. That's her apron. <laughs> so all of her utensils and all the cooking utensils, they're all here. They're in the kitchen. It's not like she used to bring things from home. And I, right. Now, if that's all we can find out, then, you know, I'll, I'll take the bowl up and I'll leave it in our room. I mean, oh, I mean, is it just everyone gets our own room? or? Yep, everybody gets a room. The rooms have the finest straw mattresses coppers can buy. Lovely. Um, while Kate is doing all this investigation, uh, Celeste would like to ask anyone who's still like hanging around, essentially just like interviewing them, what they saw, if they remember like which person specifically gave him the bowl of porridge, uh, especially that bard. 
he seems shifty and he's terrible at music. I'd like to track him down. That's very easy to do since the entire bar is empty, except for Delma and you. So your questioning takes zero seconds. Oh, everyone's left. Okay. Yeah, it's like five in the morning right now. Wow, a lot of time passed randomly. Okay. Well, we were drinking and sharing stories and stuff. Yeah, it's true, I guess. Delma does come over to you and say, Oh, don't worry, hun. No one's going anywhere. This is our town. This is where everyone lives, for better or for worse. This is all we have. And the nearest town is hundreds of miles away. No one's going anywhere. Okay, I'm going to talk to him tomorrow. Where did you say the feather bed was? Yes, if you mean straw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, straw, I guess. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mistake. Feather beds? Why, that would be something interesting. Maybe you can make us some. That would be awfully nice. Anyhow, if you guys want, you can just rest up, do your standard eight hours. Yep, Wake up. up. It's like two in the afternoon, early afternoon. And start afresh. Sounds good by me. That's a plan. All right, let's give the sorcerer her spells back. Yay! You wake up. You feel refreshed. Somebody feels a lot better, Brixley. Feels like he can take on the day. Or at least another shiner. So what do you wish to do? I'm thinking, like, maybe should we go... Where's the cook live? Can we go visit the cook and see if we can talk to her? Definitely. Well, we need to get breakfast, too. And it might be uh, prudent to check on our other caravan members while we're doing so. Make sure they all survive the night, you know? Sure, sure. They stayed here, too. They're all staying here. They're still sleeping. (laughs) So it's up to you if you want to hang around and wait for them to come back down. You can. Do they sleep like the dead, or do they just sleep? Do you wish to... (laughs) Wake everybody up. Sneak in their room or wake everyone up? It's up to you. That's that's a good question. You're going to have to let me know how you want to handle that. I just want to crack the door and just look in and see if, like, their chest is moving up and down, you know? Just prove walking around, staring at people in their sleep, touching their As chests. You do. I'm not going to touch your chest. I'm just going to look at it. Just going to get real close to it with a ruler. All right. I'm not going to actually go through the... This could be funny and have you, like, open up doors. And... <laughs> this would be a good movie, like, it, montage. I know. This could be a good movie montage, but it's going to take a fair amount of time. I'm just going to presume... That you can go in, and between the fact that you can just open up the door a little and just hear whether they're snoring or hear them breathing is more than enough, and that you're able and to look do for that. purple faces exactly, and they're all still alive. So okay, so as you come down, it looks like Delma is still there. She never sleeps. She informs you that the kitchen is closed just in case of the food. She goes on to explain that. Amora, the cook, insists that Bort's death must have been foul play because simple food poisoning does not work that fast and nearly as deadly. Food poisoning is something that takes at least a few hours, if not a day. Sure. And very hard for someone to get sick by. That's true, but poisoning food does work like this. Exactly. So she has headed home and will not return until, well, until the investigation is done. So right now, people are going to have to fend for themselves for food and the feed mill is going to suffer. Or people are just going to drink their courage. Does that mean that they still serve alcohol? Yes, they do. Well, they'll be fine then. What else are people going to do in this town? Exactly. I was thinking, 
Do you want me to hang around here and, well, entertain folks? I, I do have my ocarina. Maybe I'll hear them talk about Bort or something and say something untoward or let slip a clue? She looks at you and says, You know what? That is an excellent idea. In fact, and she pulls out a piece of paper, I have your bill right here. And let's talk real quick. I'm happy to have you stay at the feed mill, but you'll have to pay for room and board. Not costly. Only five silver a day. But I'll tell you what. I'll give you a greatly reduced rate of just two silver per day. If you assist with a few chores around the shop and town, Celeste, you can perform nightly and maybe drum up some business, as I heard you singing before, and you're quite excellent. Prue, I'm sure people will feel safer with you here, almost as bodyguards, and maybe once in a while I won't have to replace the mugs and the plates on a weekly basis. Kate and Brixley, I'm sure I can find things for you to do. There's always dishes to be washed and floors to be cleaned. Not like we really have a choice, huh? Well, you don't have to help. Again, I just thought I'd be able to knock a little bit off your bill if you wanted to. Yeah, we'll do it. Splendid, splendid. Well, I have my first task for you. Do you mind if you can help with my aging father, Tarragon? He's the mayor of Etten's Folly, and he needs a little bit of help every so often. If you can just go for a walk with him, just get him to stretch his legs, I'm sure he'd be happy to tell you the history of the town. Is this an all-of-us job, do you guys think? Or is this a one-of-us job? Oh, I I could do that. That sounds like something I'd be capable of. All right, then. Have fun. Oh, it will be. The elderly have such interesting stories and smells and sounds emanating from their bodies. I can hunt, like, get food to cook, like, in a barbecue okay. fashion. Sounds, that sounds good. You know, yeah. some meats have hunting lore. Okay, that, that'll work out well. A little bit of nature, just a little bit. Well, not trained in it, but, you know. I know what a rabbit is. John says. It's up to you, of course. I think you all might have some fun if you walk around with Tarragon. After all, he's been here over 50 years. If you're going to investigate the murder, it might help for you to have a little bit of history. And who knows, he might be able to tell you something that you might not know normally. It's up to you, however. I don't think it'll take very long. He lives next door as I live right here. Well, there you go. This is now an all of us job. Again, I, I well... think it'll only take a little while and... It probably will help you. Although he's old and senile, he is a fountain of information. Well, and we might also not all want to split up while there's still a possible murderer around. No, I definitely agree with that. You can do oh, it in yes. two. This is definitely an all of us job. An all of us job. All right. Excellent, excellent. She walks over and brings you next door, knocks on the door. She goes on to explain and says, Talgan's the mayor of the town, and he's in his 80s right now, and Usually he's unable to walk more than a few feet under his own power and his eyesight is failing. He spends most of his days in a wooden wheelchair made from a modified push cart. I, I do what I can to, to help him out and I push him around town and I try to, you know, give him some fresh air and keep him active. But if, if you can just push him around and have him tell you about the town, I think he'll do a a lot of good, and again, I think you'll probably learn something about the town. Anything, it's got to help your investigation. It can't hurt, and at worst, 
you get a discount from me and I'll be forever in your debt. Did your father know Bort at all? Everybody knew Bort, of course. Well, let's go talk to him. So anyhow, she brings you over and sure enough, you see Targan and he appears to be an old man, human. He is 80. He seems to be sleeping in his wheelchair when Dumma walks over and says, Father, father, we have visitors. They're going to push around town. And he looks up and he's like, huh? What? Uh, nap. What are you guys doing? He looks at Prue and he seems to be frightened. He's like, oh, oh, oh what's going on here? What, who, who's this? I give him an intimidating glare. Just to just to double down on that fright. Oh, oh, you know, it's, it's not nice to scare an old man like that. <laughs> and he looks over to Brixley and says, oh, you're a fancy fella. I like you. <laughs> well, this is going to be a fun walk then. Looks over at Celeste and says, oh, dear, dear, stand over here. Hold my hand, will you? I haven't had the company of a young lady in quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you remind me a lot of uh, the mayor of the town I grew up in. He was arrested for uh, fornication. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I like you. <laughs> oh, let's let's start the tour. That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> let's let's start the tour. Uh, now he suddenly seems to have come to his wits and is actually quite proud of the town and wants to show you around. And he starts giving you the tour and says, you know, I am the mayor of this town and uh, I actually opened the feed mill more than 50 years ago before the goblin blood wars. That's right. My brother died in the conflict uh, uh, along with much of my extended family, but the town itself avoided the worst of the conflict which occurred primarily to the west. And he looks at you and says, you, There's no goblins with you, are there? Nope. No goblins with us. Excellent, excellent. Them goblins, I still don't trust them. Come, come, push me, push me to the center of town. Does that mean you don't trust that goblin who works at the feed mill? Oh, Pinnock. Pinnock is more of a pet than a goblin. So push me, push me. Who's going to push me? You, the, the large brute with the with the scarred face. Can you push me? You look like you can handle it. Sure, I'll push the wrinkled old man confined to a chair, and I'll start pushing him like a little bit faster than I think he wants to go. He's like, oh, that, that brings the, the blood pumping. Oh. It's like, do keep up, do keep up, young lady. And he's trying to hold your hand as... Uh, as uh, the cart goes flying. He's like, you know, there's more than enough room in the cart if you wish to sit here with me. Watch out for that pothole, and then I'll run it into a pothole real quick. Blah! He goes on, and next you lead to the plague stone. And he says, oh, yes, here we are, the plague stone. You know, this is where we used to give food and aid to those suffering from the plague. Oh, I... I I can tell you much about the plague that came to Elting's Folly so many years ago. He sort of like looks off in the distance, kind of remembering Lost in Thought. How long ago was that time? Oh, it was about 20 years ago that we got hit by terrible, terrible plague. I remember that we all suspected a local witch named Silwith 
starting the plague, but yeah. And he's like trying to remember. It's like, but after Silwitch caught it herself, was she? She cursed the town, the town's only priests, before she died. And soon, Father Bolgust, he contracted the plague and died too. Oh, it was a shame, a shame that whole affair. That evil, evil witch killed everyone. Was Bort here when the plague was happening? No, I don't think so. Bort's only been coming around about a dozen years or so. This was over 20 years ago. None of Bort's family, right? No, 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 I don't think so. Yes, that, that, that silly witch. Silwith. Oh, nobody names her kid Silwith anymore. As it is a name of shame. I don't know why she poisoned our town. I don't know why she decided to start that plague. Oh, terrible, terrible thing. And unfortunately, yeah, some people call our town Plague Stone. Oh, terrible, terrible name. Where is she buried? Unfair. Oh, she was buried off the town. I believe she was burned and then buried with the ashes, as we did with all the plague written back then. I'll look at the party members. Uh, it might be best if we take a moment to go look at that site a little bit later. It would be interesting, considering the town's history. So, if your priest, Father Bulgus, died 20 years ago, has there been no other divine spellcaster healer of some sort to take residence here? No, Bulgust was the only real religion we had in this town. There's a there's a shrine, an old shrine over to the side. I'll, I'll take you over there, but nah, no one really is too deeply religious in this town no more. Between the plague and father dying, people just keep to their own. She says, ah, uh, I, I suspected, and gives a knowing look to Brixley. Uh, at the same time, she also sort of starts to cover up in her big cloak again, trying to make herself less noticeable. So with that, um, he's like, North! North! I'll take you to the old shrine! You go north to the dead homes, and he says, This is this is the north side of town where most of the plague victims live. Most, most of the homes are empty in a terrible, terrible state of disrepair. Only the very poor and desperate call this part of town home. Uh, anyone with coin lives on the south side of town continues um, on. Yes, that's what I heard, that no one lives over here anymore, that it all stays empty. It might do for us to take a good look around. Uh, I suppose we could take you on a, a tour of the old town, perhaps? Yes, perhaps, but you people do live here. Uh, it's just that no one lives here who can afford to live here. This is really more for the desperate and the drunkards they live here, or those with you know, poor turnip crops. Ah, yes, the turnips. What can you tell us about the turnips? How did Feed Mill become so, um, enamored with turnips and so famous for them? You know, that's an excellent question. I'll tell you a little bit about that when we get to Etrin's house. He's the one who founded this town, and he just had an affinity for turnips. And the soil took them really well. So we just became a town of turnips. And, well, people just kept doing it because they grow so well here and we have so many varieties. But that's at the end of the tour. Come, come. Let me bring you down Drunk Shepherd's Path. Haha, pleasant name. So he brings you through the path and through the turnip fields. And he says, 
So originally, these were actually sheep pastures. Uh, these were sheep over here, and he points over here, and he's like, and turnips over there, and turnips over there. He says, but with the plague hitting, the last large flock left town years ago. So now we just do turnips, but there used to be livestock, sheep, uh, uh, other vegetables. And he sort of goes off into the distance. He's like, but you know what? That's fine. We're known for our turnips. I'm fine with turnips. Sheep and other vegetables. Yes, yes. Sheep and other vegetables. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Uh, tell me, since you know everyone in town, what do you think of Hallad? Hallad? Oh, that bully. Oh, every town has to have a bully, I presume. He just happens to be the town bully. But you know what? He keeps to himself. And to be honest, he stops more brawls than he starts at the feed mill, so he ain't all that bad. Hmm, you don't say. And um, how about the servers over there? Your your daughter has quite the nice inn. How about Trin? Trin's a good server, but she always seems to have a head in her clouds. She always seems to dream and want to leave town, but that ain't gonna happen unless someone comes to town and marries her away. No one leaves this town. Well, because they're not allowed to, or just because it's so very far from everything else? No, it's just so far away from somewhere else, and very few people come to this town. In fact, Bort was the only reliable source of, of trade that we had between us and the rest of civilization. I sure hope we can start some trade with somebody else. If Bort was the only source of trade, does that mean that he helped facilitate all them sheep leaving a few years ago? No, no. I just think the farmers just decided to go somewhere else. They probably just went to another town. They thought they would do better there. Bort doesn't deal with large game. He mostly deals with trinkets, things he can fit in his cart, you know. So he continues to walk you through the fields, and he leads you to the old shrine in the middle of an ancient corpse of trees. So you're in these like these woods, and he explains the shrines over there in the woods a little deeper. It it is currently dedicated to to Gorzeth, uh, but uh, it's it served other purposes. Uh, the the druids used to gather at the shrine long ago, but but since Father's Borgoth's death, nobody worships here uh, anymore. As you can see, it, it's overrun by wilderness. And no one's been or taken care of the shrine for ages. Well, let's take a look, I suppose. Um, Celeste has knowledge religion. She studied up on it quite a bit. Uh, so she's going to, if she can, she'd like to use that to sort of look at the shrine and see what she can tell from it. Sure. Believe it or not, I think that's a secret check. What's your plus, what, plus six, plus seven, something like that? Uh, it's only a three, unfortunately. Ooh. Three. Okay. She's not a smart. <laughs> she looks at the shrine and it's obviously been very overrun by wilderness. It appears to be a very simple shrine. It appears to, you know, again, it was sort of like in this group of oak trees and this was probably very well cared for a long time ago and well groomed, but it has definitely fallen into a disarray since. And as she's looking at the shrine, suddenly. Three very large scourges fly out from behind the shrine. Sturge! 
Roll for combat! Hey! You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that putting a portable hole inside a bag of holding voids the warranty on both. <laughs> <laughs>